0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jeffrey Meldon welcoming you to a special edition of Meldon Law and Friends. We're having a great time here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Uh, For those of you watching, you can see the uh, memorabilia behind me. Uh, We broadcast from here every Tuesday live at 4 o'clock, and uh, it's really a fabulous place. So uh, come and join us. Uh, anytime uh, it's a great place to hang out, the food is outstanding, and it is an incredible museum. A uh, couple things I want to mention. Melden Law is gearing up for uh, August and September. Uh, things uh, seem slow. We're in the beginning of July. However, uh, in Melden Law, we're already making plans for uh, what's coming up. Let me read a few things to you. July 16th, uh, Wind FM rocks the Riley in Ocala. Um, you have Motley Crew Tribute Band, and we're giving away four tickets on our Facebook page, which is Melden Law. Just go to Melden Law Facebook page, and you will see all the contests. I think we're giving away four tickets plus a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill, which is in Gainesville and Ocala. Uh, We're also giving away two tickets uh, on the Melden Law Facebook page, plus $50 gift certificate to Harry's uh, Bar and Grill. And you have until July 14th to register. Uh, August giveaway, uh, football preseason tailgate swag. Uh, We're giving away Melden Swag and Gator memorabilia. As you know, we're the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, so our swag can be Gator Swag, and we won't get thrown in jail or sued for it. So uh, uh, check us out, Melden Law Facebook page, and uh, sign up for our newsletter. For those of you that aren't on our newsletter list, we've got over 16,000 subscribers to it and we're always doing specials uh, for our friends and family that are on our newsletter list. Uh, During Christmas time, we always give away uh, gift certificates to help folks out and uh, we'd love to uh, have you part of our newsletter. Just go to. Uh, meldenlaw.com to sign up or give us a call at the office 352-373-8000 just say I want to be on the newsletter list and it'll happen magically and sometimes we send uh uh swag and gifts to you just for signing up August 13th Wind FM Outdoor Expo at the World Equestrian Center if you haven't been there yet it is fabulous it's one of my Favorite new places to go. Uh, It's uh, the largest equestrian center in the world, right here in north-central Florida. So it's pretty cool. So uh, uh, go to uh, our booth, and uh, you'll get some Meldon swag. We'll have the whole team there, and uh, it should be really a lot of fun. August 20th, listen to this. This one's great. Wind FM Rocks the Riley uh the Tom Petty tribute band the Wildflowers is coming to the Riley and we've got two front row tickets plus a 3-day two night stay at the Margaritaville Resort in Orlando. So uh, all you have to do again is go to Melden Law Facebook page and you can have uh, this great I mean Tom Petty and Jimmy Buffett uh, that's quite a, a duo And uh, I've been blessed. I got to meet both of them. Uh, Actually, I was Tom Petty's first lawyer. So uh, I I like this package. I will be there as well since uh, I was Tom Petty's first attorney. I don't want to miss a Tom Petty uh, event. And we're giving away an additional four tickets to the Tom Petty show uh, on our Facebook page. And we're selecting the winner August 18th. Uh, we're, UF volleyball starting August 26th and 27th, and, uh, on our Facebook page you can get a chance to win four tickets plus a $100 gift certificate to, uh, Harry's Bar and Grill. Uh, so, uh, get, get on, uh, get on your cell phone, your computer, whatever, and check us out. Uh, you'll really, uh, enjoy it. So, uh, uh. Tell your friends, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter Live, as well as 39 other audio platforms. So uh, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Our first guest today is Rich Meeks, who is going to tell us all about uh, what the NIL, name, image, likeness, is. And uh, what you can do as Gator fans if you want to help out. Good afternoon, Rich. How are you doing today?
1: Good afternoon, Jeffrey. I'm doing great.
0: So anyhow, everybody's listening. Would you give us a a short little intro as far as, uh, you know, where you're from and what you do and why you're so uh, eager to help the Gators out?
1: Well, I'm uh, from Lakeland. I was born and raised in Lakeland, graduated from Auburndale High School, and uh, been in Florida all my life, and I've been a Gator fan since I was a small toddler.
0: How did that happen?
1: Well, I don't know. It was like Steve Spurrier was the quarterback here, and Joe Namath was at Alabama, and my next-door neighbor was an Alabama fan. So we'd have little football contests in the yard. You know, I'm throwing the ball as Steve, and he's throwing the ball as Joe Willie, and, you uh, know, it just kind of stuck. So started coming to games here. I worked with Charlie Pell when he was the coach here, and uh, I've just had Gators in my life. The whole time. What, what did you do when Charlie Pell was here? Um, <laughs> A little bit of everything. Um,
0: were you in school at the time? No what?
1: sir I was out of school but I made trips up here. Uh, I met most of the coaches. Jim King was the offensive line coach and he recruited Polk County at the time when I was in Polk County and uh, we were recruiting Wayne Peace and Duke Pearson off that Lakeland team Um. So I got to know Jim real well, and uh, and I got to know Charlie real well. We would um, come to the games, go in the locker room after the game. Uh, I remember seeing the players. Uh, it was just a fantastic time. Charlie really made Gator Nation what it is today. He got us organized. He got Gator Boosters organized. And I'm going to tell you, it's it was a fantastic time to be a Florida Gator. Now, we did get into a little NCAA trouble, but uh, – uh, other than that Charlie was a fantastic coach and a oh, fantastic person and his wife Ward was a wonderful wonderful
0: person. They were so well liked here and it was really too bad because I don't to this day I don't believe they were doing anything that everybody else was wasn't.
1: I mean everybody was doing yeah, that. Stuff. Everybody was doing the same thing. I mean
0: he just didn't cover his
1: tracks. No, <laughs> they, they weren't as careful as they should have been and uh, so we paid the price and we you know we almost got the death penalty but um it is what it is. We've learned from that. We now have NIL, which is uh, Name, Image, and Likeness. Uh, it's a Florida State statute. It was uh, written by a, a former UF grad, Darren Heitner. Darren Heitner is also the attorney for the Gator Collective. And we are an official partner of the University of Florida, just like Meldon Law. And we're part of the Learfield Sports Group.
0: And can you explain uh, a little bit about how this name, image, and likeness came about?
1: Um, it came about because the players they deserve to have some of the money coming into them. Okay, different states have passed different laws. There is no current one umbrella law over the whole country. The law in California is different than the law in Florida. Um, so it's mandated by the states and run by the states. And we operate within the confines of that state law.
0: So in the state of Florida, um, what are the provisions, the, the primary provisions as far as name, image, likeness, as far as paying college athletes?
1: Okay. We can use their name, image, and likeness to pay them. Yeah, they can make money using their name, image, and likeness. We cannot recruit using name, image, and likeness. We can't give a deal to a high school kid. That's illegal. What we can do is once they are enrolled in the University of Florida, then and only then can they receive a name, image, and likeness deal.
0: But isn't that naive? I mean, you know all these coaches around the country are throwing big dollars out like, I can't tell you how much we would give you, but a million and a half wouldn't be out of the question. (laughs)
1: I'm not saying that's not happening. It's not happening here, but I won't say that it's not happening at other universities around the country.
0: Well, I know Miami's getting uh, some really good players. They just signed two players in the last few weeks, and everybody assumes that uh, there's big dollars being teased in front of those players.
1: And there probably are. Now, of course, they can't sign until the November signing period. So they've just got the commitments at this point in time. So there's nothing that really ties those players to Miami until they sign their official letter of intent.
0: I think one of the things they're trying to do in recruiting is generate some excitement to uh, attract other players to the team. And, that, and they go to these big-name players and they go, look, uh, if you're the first in, you're going to be treated the best.
1: Well, it's kind of like the NFL. There's, a, there's tiers of money, you know, starting with the highest paid is probably going to be the quarterbacks. Okay, the quarterbacks are going to be at the top. When you get down to your long snapper, they're going to be on the bottom. Okay? But that's kind of the way the NFL operates also. There's going to be a certain structure that we have to operate within, and that's what we're doing.
0: So uh, everybody, though, on the team will get something. Is that correct?
1: Not at this present time. Currently, we have about 75 athletes, Gator athletes, under contract. Um, Across eight sports, we have three men's sports, football, men's basketball, and baseball. We have five women's sports, gymnastics, women's basketball, women's soccer, women's softball, and volleyball. So... Not every player at the current time has an NIL deal. Now, it would be our intention to get to that point. We—that's our target. We want to get where every Gator athlete does receive something.
0: Yeah, I've always felt like, in addition to the valuable scholarship as well as room and board that uh, uh, players get for participating in a very uh, competitive. Uh, SEC and national championship, that they give up uh, the right, in many cases, to work because when you're practicing... I know my son was uh, a Division I tennis player, William & Mary, and uh, he was playing... He was devoting 25 hours a week to uh, his sport while he was there, and so I kind of got the idea that, well... If they were out working, they would have been making some money, at least. That's you correct. Know? And, and for the most part, uh, they do get benefits, and, and they're valuable. However, uh, if you're an 18-, 19-year-old kid, and you're on campus, and all the other kids are able to go down to Dragonfly Restaurant and hang out, and everybody's going you know out to the clubs or whatever they're doing – It's pretty hard to tell an 18, 19-year-old kid who comes from a family without a lot of money that uh, the rich kids can do it, but you can't.
1: That's correct. I mean, you know, everybody wants to be able to go to the movies, get some popcorn, get a soda, and just have a good Friday night. And so, you know, we are allowing this to happen because these athletes, their job is being an athlete at the University of Florida. I don't care if you're on the golf team, the tennis team, the football team, basketball team. They've got workouts they have to do. They've got conditioning they have to do. They've got practices they have to do. It takes a lot of their time, and you're right. They don't have time to have a part-time job.
0: Well, we're going to get back to this. We're going to take a break uh, for just uh, one minute. But uh, I, this is very interesting because basically uh, it's a lot harder doing their job as student athletes than flipping burgers at McDonald's. Yes, sir. And so uh, I'm all for it. Okay, we're going to be back in 60 seconds on Melden Law and Friends. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look. Look. Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, I... it is your no, fault! Not, not, I am not, calling not. Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This here! This person here, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means... You never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. We're having a great time talking about uh, student athletes and money and NIL and all of that. And My guest is Rich Meeks, uh, who is involved with uh, Gator Collective. Uh, Rich, can you uh, give us a little background as far as what's going on with uh, Gator Collective and what's going on? with uh, the big wigs that are donating uh, a million dollars or more? And uh, how's everything structured so that we can be competitive with the fat cats from Texas A&M and Miami?
1: Absolutely, Jeffrey. Um, The Gator Collective was started in Mm -hmm. September of last year, 2021. The law was changed July the 1st of 2021, which allowed for athletes to be paid using name, image, and likeness. So, we are formed as a corporation and we raise money. We raise donations whether it's $10 a month that you sign up for personally or your business gives us $500 a month or somebody gives us a million dollars flat out and they're part of the Gator Guard, okay? The Gator Collective is a just what it says. We're a collective. We want every Gator fan to join the Gator Collective and participate whether they just give us $10 a month where they give us a hundred dollars a month. If we get a thousand people that give us hundred dollars a month that's 1.2 million dollars a year and then we build on that we get another thousand people. If we get businesses, if we get a hundred businesses that will give us thousand dollars a month again that's a hundred thousand dollars a month or 1.2 million dollars a year. That's gonna make you pretty competitive once you start growing on that and that's just what I'm aiming for in Gainesville. Then we go to Jacksonville we go to Orlando, we go to Tampa, we get other businesses and individuals involved in this. And as a collective, we can raise a lot of money and be very competitive.
0: Well, my my feeling is that once this whole thing kind of uh, pans out, I think it's going to be a year or two before a lot of the rules are set and uh, the NCA gets involved in trying to level the playing field because I'm not sure uh, how it's uh, going to shake out, but I, I've been told there's going to be changes coming.
1: I'm certain there will be changes. There will be some more regulations involved. But right now, it's kind of like the wild, wild west out there. Who's, who's go- guiding this at all? Nobody is setting regulations. And so a lot of schools are operating in a kind of a gray area. We're not. We're sticking strictly by what the state law says, but I'm not saying that other schools are not operating somewhat shadily.
0: Well, we we don't want any. We don't want to get any of our hurricane fans <laughs> upset, so uh, we're not going to make any accusations against anybody. However, the fact is that, uh, in, at least in my opinion, the idea of nil money. Uh, d- does have a sound legal basis because, for for centuries, uh, the universities have been using the name, image, and likeness of the players to uh, benefit the university. University of Florida has a athletic budget of over 150 million dollars a year, and uh, they've certainly promoted the uh, name, image, and likeness of. Uh, the players and everybody on the team but in particular the stars absolutely And and so uh for a kid to uh forego uh going to um you know the pros right away and staying in college and risk being injured and maybe having no career whatsoever right right that's that's you know that is a risk. I know that sometimes they buy insurance, you know, they contracts and contracts, stuff like correct. that. Is that something that NIL looks into, or is that a whole different deal? That's a
1: whole nother ball game, right there. So what we're doing is we are providing money when they provide services. They have in their contract they have to do something specific, whether it's uh, advertising, autographs, whatever it is. There's something that they have to give in order to receive. It's not where we just give them money.
0: Well, some of those dudes down in uh, you know, Texas A&M and uh, Miami are going to be busy because in order to earn a million dollars, you'd have to sign a lot of autographs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, maybe they're just going to make commercials, Jeffrey.
0: Okay, well, we'll see. Uh, again, I, I am uh, all for uh, student-athletes being able to be paid because they do, uh, they do a very, very hard job. I mean, to be both a, a student, uh, a, you know, study, keep up your grades and do all that, and be a gifted athlete takes an, extru- uh, an exceptional
1: person. It does. And now not only are we providing them with payments, but we're also trying to provide them with financial guidance. We know that at the end of the year, the IRS is going to get a 1099 that tells them this person received X amount of dollars. So they're going to have to pay taxes on that. Um, I was talking with uh, Kelly Ray Finley, the girls basketball, head basketball I love Kelly. She's great. I do too. Wonderful person.
0: She's going to turn this program around. You will see. Oh, she
1: was SEC coach of the year last year. I know. And
0: and she only coached half a year. Half (laughs) a year.
1: But she won big time. Uh, And her girls, I've set up a a financial advisor to come into them and talk with them and a tax advisor. So we are trying to give them financial uh, help and consultation at the same time that we're giving them money. We're not just turning them loose. Uh, We like for them to put some of it back for taxes. We like for them to have an investment account. We like for them to have a savings account and then take some of the money as cash.
0: You know, it's very interesting. That may be one of the most valuable parts of the NIL is being able to teach young athletes at an early age uh, before they're, you know, they've got their $32 million, you know, contract in the Bradley Beal,
1: $250 million.
0: Yeah, well, but he had to wait a few, <laughs> few years to get that, right? Uh, and we only got to see uh, Beal here for... Uh, what uh one year one year i believe yeah. yeah yeah so i mean however he's an example of somebody who's you know done it right and uh really brought a lot of pride to the gator nation because he is a gator
1: absolutely
0: so I, w- what i'm interested in is uh how to stay competitive until we get a a more level playing field however the fact is that the uh, Places like the University of Florida have larger at, uh, athletic budgets than most schools do. And in the long run, I think we will be at a competitive
1: advantage. I believe we will. And that's what we're trying to do with the Gator Collective. We want it to grow. We want it to grow with individual people. We want it to grow with businesses. We're trying to provide the best name, image, and likeness university in the country right here at the University of Florida. When people think about NIL, we want them to think about coming to the University of Florida.
0: Now, um, can people make a contribution? Uh, Who do they call? What do they do?
1: There's a couple of things you can do. You can go to thegatorcollective.com. You can call me. My phone number is 941-350-6992. Or you can email me at rmeeks, M-E-E-K-S, the number's 523, at gmail.com. And I'll give you some personal service.
0: Now, um, I think that's great, Rich. Uh, What I'd like to know is, what do you think the NIL is going to be like in two or three years from now?
1: I think there will be some more regulations on it, and I think that people will be monitoring it more. I don't know if that will be on a state level or the NCAA level, but... (laughs) there will be somebody that will govern it a little tighter than what it is right now.
0: So what do you think the, the fairest way to regulate it is?
1: I really don't have an, an answer for that. I think that whether it is on a state level, whether it's a, a commission, whether it's an NCAA and I, I don't know how long that's even going to continue to operate at least on a football level. Um, but somebody is going to maintain a governance over it
0: well in my mind, first of all, transparency would be interesting, right in other words, if you said're you know the uh, our nil fund is uh, going to sign this uh, is helping to sign this player, and we 've committed a million dollars to this great quarterback who 's going to come here. Um, you know, maybe that's, uh, something honesty in, uh, sports as well as honesty in politics would be a novel approach.
1: Well, yes, but that is right. And it's the way the law reads right now. We can't offer that. I mean, we can talk to mm-hmm. them a little bit mm-hmm. and the players are going to talk to them. If we bring a quarterback in and Anthony Richardson is going to be their host, you know, they're going to talk about NIL mm-hmm. and what the university of Florida is doing for them. But as a coaching staff or as an organization, we can't offer them anything until they are enrolled and a member of the University of Florida.
0: Right, but I, as things change, things are going to evolve because uh, that's kind of, um, you know, uh, a sham in, in my opinion because uh, everybody knows that there's talk uh, that goes on between the, the recruit, their family, uh, and the first thing they want to know is, you know, how much is my son
1: worth? Yes, I do. Or, or daughter.
0: Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a lot of you listening, you don't know that the the biggest NIL money may
1: be in gymnastics. Trinity, yes.
0: Trinity Thomas.
1: NCAA and, champion.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, not only that, she was number three in of all the women in all the sports in the whole country this year. Wow. So that's pretty. And she's coming back
1: for another year. I know.
0: Yeah. For those of you that haven't seen Gator Gymnastics, you have to go. And you better plan ahead because they sell out every uh, every match. And uh, I've been blessed to be able to go. And my wife and I, we love it. And, and Meldon Law gives away tickets. So when gymnastics starts up again, all you do is go to the Melden Law uh, Facebook page and you'll see our, our ticket giveaways well, all I can tell you is those matches are so much fun. They're so exciting, and some of the best athletes in the world are right uh, there at
1: the O-Dome. Yes, they are. So yes, anyhow, anyway, I,
0: I, I want to tell you, uh, it's very interesting to me. I'm, I think uh, that's a perfect example of where NIL money, I think, will be um, vital in putting together... Uh, women who could be training for the Olympics, who could go pro and uh, endorse products that uh, would generate money. Uh, Maybe it'll encourage uh, athletes to stay in college.
1: Hopefully so. And as I say, right now, we have five women's sports compared to three men's sports that we have athletes under contract
0: we're we're gonna we're working towards uh wrapping up this section of the show so i want to thank richard meeks uh for being here and explaining to us a little bit about uh, nil money and the gator collective in particular and uh reach out to uh, rich and uh help the gators we want to be competitive and we want to keep the same quality of players on the uh, field or in the arena or wherever they are. So uh, thank you very much for coming on uh, uh, and joining us on Meldon Law and Friends. Thank you, Jeffrey.
2: Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your
0: fault. It's not my fault. Jesse, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This person, oh, no, wait, here, wait, wait. This person later, here might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. And I was in an accident. Someone ran red light and hit me and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and People that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Melvin, because you're going to need help and they will help you. We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator penalty shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster!
1: Luckily, Maldon Law is the only official welfare partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Malcolm Law is going to help you with your recovery. Maldon Law doesn't back down until they reach their
2: goal!
0: Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Meldin Law, we won't back down. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. Uh, we're here. I want to make sure that everybody remembers we got the Tom Petty Uh, giveaway coming up august 20th at the riley in marion county uh, of tom petty tribute band the wildflowers is there and melvin law has two front row seats for someone who's either watching or listening to this event today and we're going to also send you down to orlando to the margaritaville resort for a uh two-night, three-day weekend. So uh, check us out on our Facebook page, Meldon Law. Anyhow, I'm very (laughs) privileged to welcome our congresswoman from the third congressional seat for Florida. And I'm very, very (laughs) pleased because not only is Kat Kamek our congresswoman, but she's an old friend of mine, and, and don't say so, how old now. I didn't. I, I was maybe We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> so anyhow, Uh Welcome to the show, Kat. How are you doing today?
2: I am doing good. It's so good to be back in Gainesville and out of the so-called D.C. swamp. Um, but anytime I'm back home, it is a great, great day. And so, so I get some time back home and and it's always good to see you, too, Jeffrey.
0: Well, thank you very much, Kat. So we're we're looking here at this camera. I want yes. to tell everybody how incredible Spurrier's Grit Iron Grill is! Tell the folks. Oh what my your gosh! Impression if
2: is. you guys have not been here, you need to swing by. Not only are you going to get the best meal of your life, but you are going to be immersed in Gainesville history, <laughs> SEC history, NFL history. You are going to learn about what American grit is all about <laughs> and the amazing <laughs> career and journey that Steve Spurrier has had. And I tell you, he's one of my favorites. And for me and my husband to be able to just walk around it's it's really special because you know this is Gainesville and I'm always so proud to tell people I'm from Gainesville and this is just a little jewel that people come from all over so if you're in the area make sure you check out Spurrier's right in Celebration Point right off the highway super convenient and then you can catch a flick right next door at the movie theater it's a great date night.
0: I know <laughs> no, it really is and uh, you know one of the things that's so much fun is that this restaurant and museum will stack up with anything in Washington, D.C.?
2: Well, let's say the Smithsonian does have some pretty good stuff. (laughs)
0: Let's not get carried away here, Jeffrey. I'm not talking about... (laughs) Well, okay, so, by the way, I have, I have been a fan of the Smithsonian almost my whole life, and Cat caught me on that one.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I just had to lay the record out straight that, you know, the Smithsonian is pretty amazing. I mean, Prince's guitar is not in Spurrier's. There's some great stuff here, but not Prince's guitar, so, among other things, of course.
0: However, one special thing here about Spurrier's, it's all... A uh, farm-to-table from around yes. the Gainesville area, yeah, and and that. Do you know they don't have a freezer here in the restaurant except for one item?
2: That's amazing.
0: Ice cream. That's the only <laughs> item that, that they have a freezer for. But everything. And what's really nice is they. We have an incredible number of farmers and ranchers mm-hmm. uh, in in our part of the world. I mean, Gainesville and Ocala, the city limits. Uh, are fairly small and then once you go out you know you've got some of the best Mm -hmm. food and the best farmers Well,
2: yeah, I mean, sitting on the, the Homeland Security Committee as well as House Agriculture as the lone Republican for agriculture in the state of Florida, think about this. Florida produces over 300 specialty crops. We are number two in the nation in cattle production. And when it comes to this area specifically, you have peanuts, watermelons, row crops, dairy, cattle, timber, equine. I mean, you have so many amazing Aspects of a rich agricultural history, and of course, we're not too far from the coast, so you got some scallops and some some mahi, and you got some red snapper and and all kinds of amazing things coming in. And I actually had the opportunity to tour one of the local dairies that is also a creamery, and they produce all the cheese that is used here at Spurriers.
0: Oh, the one out in Hawthorne. Yes,
2: yes, the Hawthorne (laughs) Creek Creamery. And let me tell you, it is that is. Uh, uh, That's like a felony, how good it is. (laughs) I mean, you just feel shameful. Like, honestly, it's so good. And um, just a great family, multi-generation operation. And that's what makes this place just even more special, is that you have all these operations that are family operations that really make up our community, and it all is supported by the efforts here at Spurrier. So it's really cool.
0: I'm very proud of it. Now, you came from Colorado originally, right? Mm -hmm. Colorado native. And your family was um, in in a number of different things, but Mm -hmm. you had, uh, like... I don't know if it was a ranch or what you called it. (laughs) Tell tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up.
2: Yeah. So I grew up a daughter of a single mom and uh, it was just me, my mom and my sister. And we had a small cattle operation, very, very small cow calf operation. And that was what I knew growing up. I rodeoed. I was in four H I showed chickens, you know, and I barrel raced and did all that. My weekends and evenings were all spent either fishing in sports or rodeoing. That was my whole life. And, um, for work, uh, my mom was taking over the family business, so we are a family of commercial sandblasters and monuments, and um, that's always been really exciting to to just drive by anyone who's got a commercial operation for sandblasting. I'm like, hey, I know what they're doing over there. <laughs> um, but that's how I grew up. You know, that was our family business, and my mom worked really hard um, seven days a week trying to support her two daughters. And... Unfortunately, um, after the 2008 recession, everything kind of came crashing down. And that's when we found ourselves homeless. And uh, it wasn't through anything that we had done. You know, we never missed mortgage payments or anything like that. It was the government wasn't working for the people, it was taking from the people at the hardest time possible. Kind of like today, you know, like where you see people really struggling to decide, do I. Buy gas or groceries, so I'm starting to see some similarities, and it's it's given me a little bit of anxiety. But I look back then and how we lost everything and we're homeless for a time, and that's when I got the call from a family friend, and he's like, "My uncle is running for Congress in Florida, (laughs) and I think you'd be great." And I was like, "I've never been to Florida, but in my mind, I thought beaches and palm trees." (laughs) Okay. And you know there are no beaches and Palm Trees. <laughs> we have
0: palm trees, but not beaches. You got We got to go to St. Augustine or uh, Cedar Key or Seinachi or somewhere. But anyhow, um, had you ever been in politics?
2: So I had voted, and that was pretty much the extent. You know, I had volunteered a little bit here and there. You were there.
0: young too, right? Yes,
2: I was twenty. 21, 22 at the time. And uh, so I did not get my degree in poli sci. I was an economics minor with a business degree major with international relations. So my bailiwick was not politics. And I pretty much figured out after we lost everything that even if you don't do politics, politics does you. And so that's really what drove me to get involved because in my mind, I kept thinking, well, I know I'm going to work it out. Like, we'll be okay. I'm going to fight. But there's people out there who aren't, they don't have that fire in the belly. And so I really wanted to make a difference. And the only way that I knew how was getting involved. And so moved across the country and signed up to run the campaign of a guy who had no shot, according to the professionals. (laughs) And uh, it it was a wild experience. The best experience, I literally Googled how to run a congressional campaign? I did,
0: and I know you—you you weren't living in the Ritz-Carlton while you were working on no, the campaign. No, <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. I was making less than a thousand dollars a month, and I was living in the guest room. Um, so it was—it was a pretty interesting time of my life. But um, no, it was—it was a wonderful experience because. I got to see every aspect of the political process and really got to understand, and this may sound a little cheesy, but how much a, of a difference one person can make. Because I I would talk to people at their doors and they would say, Well, my vote doesn't matter. It's all right. And I'm like, actually every vote does matter. And,
0: and in this race it actually it did. <laughs> it
2: really did because <laughs> At the end of the day, we ended up winning by 829 votes. And that put my life on a completely different course where then I began serving this district as a deputy chief of staff for years. And that's what kept me here. It's how I met my husband, who's a firefighter here locally. And, yeah, it's it's amazing how when people really understand the power that they have to vote with their, you know, the, their their um, their ballot at the polling booth, but also with their wallets and, and give their time and their treasure. I mean, when people do that, they really can make a difference. And it's the people who are very passionate about getting involved that really get out there and make things happen. So
0: anyhow, my daughter, Jessica, graduated yes. law school, <laughs> and so she... Uh, practice law for a couple years doing immigration mm-hmm. law, and then she calls you one day to get into something other than practicing law. And I'm like, as a father, I'm going like, Don't quit your day job <laughs> until you find. <laughs> that's
2: that's sound advice. <laughs> Politics and, is miserable. <laughs>
0: and and, uh, and uh, just like Cat, my daughter Jessica is amazing, and so. Within a month, she had a a job as the deputy political director for the American Israel lobby for, Mm -hmm. and her territory was the state of Florida. Yes. So she calls me one day, she says, "Uh, Dad, part of my job is I have to meet all the the Congress people, everybody running for Congress in the state of Florida, I have to meet, and there's uh, somebody uh, new that's uh, running up in uh, Gainesville that I haven't met yet, and uh, I reached out to uh, his uh, assistant, uh, and her name is Kat, and uh, I'm going to come up, okay? <laughs> and, and and so you got to meet my daughter, Jessica, I think mm-hmm. even before I did.
2: I, well, first of all, his daughter is amazing, amazing, and she's become a great friend, and I'll never forget we – we were going to meet somewhere else, but then we ended up doing this meeting at a Five Guys restaurant of all places. We we were sitting down having burgers and having this very intense discussion about foreign relations and the U.S.-Israeli relationship. And I mean, just, if you've had a Five Guys burger, you know how it goes. Like, it, there's just grease everywhere. There's no cute way to do that. And uh, that was the first time that we met, and it was a wonderful experience because it set us on a Course for a lifetime of friendship, and she is amazing. By the way,
0: really, well, a true, uh, true. I'll rock tell star. you here: you had two women in their twenties, right? yes, who were kind of just starting off, trying yes. to figure out, okay, what direction are we going to go? <laughs> and they both were wound up in politics. It's funny. It's
2: funny how that happens. Yeah. I feel like I go back to what I say: even if you feel like politics doesn't do you, uh, or you don't do politics, it will take care of you in some way, and. And I tell everyone, no matter what your job is, and you know this better than anybody, it could be that you're in real estate or hospitality, construction, law. 25% of your time in your professional career should be dedicated to advocacy in politics because you are going to be affected personally by what regulators and and your elected officials at the city, county, state, and federal level are doing. And so I think 25% of your time should be dedicated to advocacy. And I tell that to everybody. And just early on in your career, establish that benchmark, because then you'll actually be able to impact your industry in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I've always been um, e- eager to you know yes. learn more about politics and uh, uh, everything, because it does affect us. It does mm-hmm. affect... Uh, what we do. And um, as citizens of the United States, it's really the bedrock of what a democracy is. No matter what your views are, mm-hmm. um, you should be able to um, express them. And uh, you can see how in the United States, politics, they go one way, they go another way, they go up, they go down.
1: Exactly. And
0: our goal is to, um, you know, continue to have a vigorous democracy, and I, I think Kat Kamik is a good example of that. Uh, we're at uh, break time. Uh, we're going to take a 60-second break, and we'll be back on Meldon Law and Friends. Alberta. <laughs> Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law, friends. We are having a blast here. I'm with our <laughs> United States Congresswoman Kat Kamik, who is uh, a terrific. Uh, representative for the 3rd Congressional District of Florida, as well as uh, a good friend of our family. And uh, thank you for coming on the show today, Kat. Yeah, thanks Uh, for having me. So my daughter met Kat uh, Kat, uh, because my daughter was the deputy political director Mm -hmm. for the American-Israel lobby, and uh, Kat was working uh, trying to get – Ted Yoho elected, and this is the 2012. Yes. Oh uh, wow. it's yeah, 2012. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I know that um, as a result of Ted winning a very tight uh, race, that you uh, were very instrumental in uh, helping him uh, succeed, and I want to thank you for that. Um, thank you. The um, there is a connection between. Israel and Kat and Ted because as soon as Ted got elected, I think Jessica arranged for him to go on the congressional trip Mm -hmm. to Israel. And you had never been there at this time, and you didn't go on the first trip. Ted went, I don't think. Did you? So
2: I actually went before Ted. Oh, you did. So 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 they sent the chiefs on a on a trip in May, Mm -hmm. and then all the members go in August, and um, it was. I mean, I had never been to Israel. I had no idea what to expect, of course, from a lifetime of I want to say propaganda almost of what you read in the news, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when you hear about disputes about the West Bank. Right. It's you, you have some very interesting preconceptions of what that is and what it looks like and the country as a whole. And I tell you, the minute that we landed in Tel Aviv, I mean, imagine just one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world and just rich in history and, I mean, the technology. And, of course, being an an ag person, I was fascinated by the notion that the startup nation made the desert bloom. And to me, that was just such a special connection to what we do here in the state of Florida with agriculture and finding cutting edge, high tech ways to produce more and be more efficient and Israel has just always been a leader when it came to technology and there's such a connection between the state of Israel and Florida. And particularly when it comes to homeland security and defense, and not a lot of people recognize that we produce um, technology here that Israel uses and vice versa. And so it was just an incredible experience uh, back then. And then recently I got to go as a member of Congress. And take my husband with me. Matt got to go. Matt got to go. So what
0: did Matt have to think of?
2: Matt was so excited for the Israel trip because he had always wanted to go. And, of course, his big thing was he wanted to see the Iron Dome. And Iron Dome is just the most amazing, sophisticated piece of technology that saves so many lives. It cannot be overstated. And when you're standing there on the Gaza Strip really looking at the bombardment that, that our friends in Israel see on a daily basis. I mean, it your heart breaks, but then you feel even more resolve of, I'm going to continue to support this relationship because there's such a an, an unbreakable tie between our two nations. And that's economic, that is in a defense sense, that is in a cultural sense. And of course, we are a nation founded on Judeo-Christian values. So that is a tie that will never break. And so I think going there and really understanding all aspects of the history, the religious uh, history and culture. Uh, I even went to the Palestinian Authority and sat with representatives from the PLO. And I mean, you hear some pretty incredible things that are not great, by the way. Um, and and it's, it frames your, your worldview of these very complicated issues that a lot of people here in the United States want to criticize, but they, they criticize from a place of ignorance. And to me, that is very, very disheartening, but also really reinforces my resolve to support the relationship. Because when you think about what we're seeing across the globe and this massive anti-Semitism push, which is heartbreaking and very, very tough to stomach, You need more people standing up and being vocal about pushing back against that kind of hatred. You know,
0: one of the things I, I admired is, you know, you mentioned the Iron Dome. Yes. And for those of you that haven't been to Israel, a lot of people think that, oh, my God, it's so dangerous. And like you're going into some area where you're going to be running into a bomb shelter and, you know, And Mm -hmm. I've been there three times now Mm -hmm. in the last 10 years because my first time there was in 2012 as well.
2: Well, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But anyhow, I've never felt um, in danger Mm -hmm. when I was there. And I think it's like we talk about trying to keep um, the Arab nations from raining bombs down, and Iron Dome has done this incredible job and i think sometimes it scares people away from going to israel because they they're like their mind is oh my god you know in the united states we don't have ra- bombs raining down on us yeah the good news is i was there okay uh i went in 2018 and at that time there was an attack of bombs and i was with the um uh, the, the, it was called, it's called David Adam, which is the equivalent of the uh, Red Cross. Uh, it's the Israeli Red Cross, so they call it the Red Star of David because Jewish people have the Star of David, and so they made it the Red Star of David. So I'm there at a meeting. Uh, it was a meet and greet. We were all sitting around at a table, and Jessica had organized it. She moved from the American Israel lobby to uh magandavadadam where, where she's been for the last six years mm-hmm. so anyhow That's amazing <laughs> so we're sitting we're sitting there at this big banquet table with maybe 20 people and seven or eight of them were from magandavadadam and they were on the ambulances and the blood banks mm. and we're, we're starting dinner and all of a sudden. You know, the word of the these uh, bombs are, uh, you know. The red alerts the are red going alert. off. Yeah, yeah. The red and, alerts. And I see one person get up and another one's on their cell phone. We're not trying to be rude, but there's a little thing going on yeah. here. And, <laughs> and uh, we went through that. I went out on my balcony and I could hear the bombs what was very interesting, though, I, I for some reason I wasn't really fearful.
2: Yeah, it is amazing. You'll I've been twice now, um, and. Um, you hear the red alerts go off, and of course, immediately the first time you're a little, Ooh, what's going to happen? But I think that there is just such a um, a culture from from the word go. You know, you visit with some of the the, the people who live in kibbutz in the kibbutzes, and uh, they uh, they get asked all the time, why don't you leave? You know, why why don't why do you let your children grow up when you have bombs coming down constantly? It's a, you know, it's interesting when you speak to some of especially the mothers. They all say. I'm. I'm not going to be bullied. I won't be bullied, and I won't be driven out of my home because this is my home. And I just always loved that hardcore fighting spirit. Uh, spirit that I that I see every time I'm there, and um, the technology with Iron Dome and how they're able to intercept. And it is you see it at night and it blows your mind. The intelligence, the precision, um, it, those are every time the Iron Dome is activated, that is a life being saved or multiple lives being saved. And despite the fact that Israel is under constant assault and threat, to this day they still remain a warm, open uh, society where they op- they will not be intimidated, they will not be fearful, and they will live their life because what the, the, those that wish to destroy them want is for them to cease all their current activities, they want them to be in fear, and so I love that the the Israeli attitude, which I, I had the opportunity to, of course, speak with uh, uh, Netanyahu, um, who was in the minority when I went uh, earlier this year, and of course um, well, uh, Bennett yeah. and Bennett. And yeah. I know that, if, that now we're in the fifth iteration of elections. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it just speaking to them, you know, it's a really really interesting dynamic that they have to contend with. But you know, I will say this: I had the opportunity 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 to have dinner with several of the ambassadors from some of the Arab countries. And uh, as we were sitting there, I asked one of the ambassadors, I said, what has the Abraham Accords done for your country? And they said, this is the most significant positive thing that has happened to us. And I heard that over and over and over again. And of course, you know, that was one of President Trump's legacy foreign policy initiatives. And people have really abandoned the acknowledgement of how significant the Abraham Accords were in building bridges between the state of Israel and the Arab nations
0: around well, them. Well, I, you know, here's my hope, is that these relationships um, are going to continue to expand. Yes, because they have to. Saudi Arabia... Is the archenemy of Iran? Yes. And <laughs> Iran's the you know the big bully on the block. Yes. And uh, everybody is worried about them getting nuclear weapons, and, and nobody more so than Israel, Israel uh, Saudi right. Arabia, Egypt, um, mm-hmm. and the United Arab Emirates, and all the other mm-hmm. countries that are um, have this common bond. And and I Absolutely. think that what the arab the um, uh, the Abraham um, initiative started is going to create a whole different dynamic in the middle east
2: I agree I think so. I mean there was so many significant moves you know moving the American embassy into Jerusalem that was a a significant a very significant move politically but also policy wise basically saying nope this is a recognition that the state of Israel is belongs to the people, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you take what's happening currently with the JCPOA and these negotiations for the Iran deal. You know, we pulled out of those negotiations because they weren't being negotiated in good faith and they weren't being held up on the end of Iran. Now we are back at the table again, unfortunately, and of all people to negotiate in, as a mediator in the middle of this, it's Russia. And so we're in a, know, we're in a I bad know. spot. We're in a bad spot. <laughs> the, this
0: is I'm sorry, I could I get think. really into this. <laughs> no, this, this whole thing is getting very, very crazy. However, yeah. however, uh, I do think that um the co- what what I would like to be able to see is let's have two sides you know the Iranian side the Saudi Arabia side, and not have any wars you know i mean who wouldn't yeah, right yeah I mean, if, if maybe if you get two big dogs together they'll both you know like at least they might bark but maybe not attack each other uh that that's one of the things that may happen, so anyhow Kat Kamek oh is watching. one of my dear friends. We could go on for hours, okay? <laughs> However, the show is coming to a conclusion, and I want to thank you very much. And I'd like to invite you back sometime of course. again so we can keep going through uh, everything that's going on uh, in your life. And uh, thank you again, Kat Kamik, uh Congresswoman uh, for the 3rd Congressional District. Get used to seeing Kat. I predict <laughs> she'll be here 40 years from now. I don't know if I'll be, but Kat will be as our Congresswoman. So thank you very much, Kat, for joining us on Melden Law and Friends.
2: Thank you so much, and go Gators.